0: Many of you have been wondering about this thing called cold thermogenesis. You see those ads on Instagram for big ice tubs that people are getting into. They're keeping it in their garage or out in the backyard and they do it every day. Or maybe you've heard of the Wim Hof method, which is just a really cold shower with some deep breathing techniques. And you've contemplated it, but you haven't quite done it. Or maybe you've done it, but you haven't quite made it a habit because the idea of getting cold just kind of sucks. So today we're gonna go over the why and how it can help stimulate your metabolism. We've been talking a lot about fat metabolism because I know that that is on many of your minds. And when you've heard me talk about thyroid fixer T2 and how it actually stimulates brown adipose tissue, well, same thing with cold thermogenesis. Same thing with these ice baths and cold showers. It is stimulating your metabolism. It's stimulating that brown adipose tissue to burn more stored body fat, to burn more of the white fat, that that's the squishy fat that you can grab, that it surrounds your organs. It's not really good. Some people call it visceral fat. So let's go into the cold thermogenesis side and find out how this might help you burn more body fat. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. As we're moving along in our kind of health journey, there comes a time where we start implementing kind of advanced techniques, advanced practices. So I've done different talks on peptides. That's a higher level of biohacking, because you have to research all the different peptides, know what you're using, know how to reconstitute them. There are some peptides that we can prescribe, but most of the time you're self-sourcing them from a research-based facility. Cold thermogenesis is kind of another level of biohacking, but it's something that everybody, everybody can do. Now, when we're talking about brown fat, brown adipose tissue activation. It's something that I talk about when I'm talking about T2, when I'm talking about thyroid fixer, because T2 has the ability to actually stimulate brown fat and grow brown fat and reduce white fat. Now, why is that important? Because white fat is what clogs our organs. White fat is what kind of gets in the way and sits there and makes us look fat. That's the fat that causes disease states and puts a burden on our cardiovascular system and causes type two diabetes brown fat is not that way brown fat is actually active it's thermal it burns fat it burns the white fat so brown fat will burn the white fat so whenever we can stimulate brown fat brown adipose tissue we increase thermogenesis we increase our basal metabolic rate very similar to t2 and we can do this through a variety of different mechanisms it doesn't have to come down one pathway it doesn't have to just be you take thyroid fixer and that's your only way to stimulate brown adipose tissue. There are a variety of ways. So I really kind of want to get into some research on cold thermogenesis, what it is, um, and get into the different benefits such as brain health and immunity and sleep and recovery, in addition to obviously the weight loss. So what we're talking about, I'll give you the actual definition of cold thermogenesis. Thermogenesis is a way that we produce heat to keep our bodies warm. So think about when you're So cold, you're out in the cold and you start to shiver. That is your body's response to that cold. And in shivering, you're actually producing heat and you're increasing your metabolism. Now that doesn't mean to go out and sit there and shiver, but I will say that when I've been hunting, even though I wear the best of the best clothes and and I really do stay warm, there are points of the day when you're just sitting there for eight to nine hours in a tree stand or in a hut that you do get cold and I will actually allow my body. So before turning on the little heater that I have in my hut or before getting down, cause I'm calling it a day, I will allow my body to shake a little bit, to go through that, that shiver motion, because I know that in doing so I'm activating brown adipose tissue and I'm stimulating thermogenesis. I'm actually increasing my metabolism. And on top of that, since I've been sitting on my ass for nine hours, that's probably a good thing to do, right? Because sitting isn't good either, but sometimes we just have to. So it's a way that we produce heat to keep our bodies warm. Cold thermogenesis kicks this process into overdrive. When you're exposed to colder environments, your body works harder to maintain homeostasis and regulate your core temperature. It produces more energy to stay warm, burning calories to produce this heat. This in turn stimulates metabolism. Hormones involved in body temperature regulation also play a role in stimulating heat-related fat breakdown, including epinephrine, norepinephrine, and thyroid hormones. Woo-hoo. So, thyroid hormones get a little bit of love here. So, cold thermogenesis, like we talked about, it influences metabolism because you're stimulating that brown fat, that that bat, that brown adipose tissue, and. Adiponectin or brown fat, it gets its color actually from high levels of iron and tons of mitochondria in that brown fat because mitochondria take on a a brown color under the microscope. So you have just a crap ton of mitochondria in your brown adipose tissue. Then you have the other type of fat is the white fat, like we talked about. The body actually looks to brown fat to stay warm because it provides that heat without without causing the shivering. So when I'm out in the cold sitting in the tree stand, my body is in that cold response of shivering. When you're stimulating the the brown fat, and you'll find this when we go through different processes that you can do, such as cold showers, ice baths, all those things, you will find that you don't shiver. You you react like that initial, you know, like if you jumped into a cold pool that take your breath away kind of feeling, but you're actually not shivering in response to that because it's directly that cold thermogenesis is directly stimulating your brown fat. And then the side effect of this is heat production. So you immediately get an increased heat production in your body when you do a cold plunge, when you do an ice bath or a cold shower, you feel cold in the moment, but afterwards you don't still feel cold, you feel invigorated. Your, Your body temp to touch your skin will be cold, But internally, your body has produced enough heat that it's not like you have to go and wrap yourself in a blanket or drink some tea. You feel very invigorated, even though your skin is cold to the touch. Internally you still do feel warm because of that increased heat production internally. You're also going to find that it lowers your heart rate, burns calories, promotes weight loss, the fat-burning power of brown fat, it makes it a potential treatment for obesity and metabolic diseases. So When you are struggling with weight loss, and I've been talking more about this the last few weeks about counting your calories using the Carbon app, do calories matter? I just interviewed Dr. Lane Norton. That's a great, great podcast. He is a researcher that really digs into the research of burning stored body fat, weight loss, and what we really need to be doing. And in addition to really counting our calories, getting real with ourselves knowing our macros to a t not guesstimating not thinking that you had a good day not thinking that you did all the things but writing it down tracking it using the carbon app to track when you do those things that's going to put you at more of an advantage now you're adding in cold thermogenesis now you're increasing it one more level one more you're doing one more thing to get you to that next level you add in some t2 you're doing one more thing to get you to that next level Then a whole other topic, heat stress. So doing things like hot yoga, where your body is actually heated up and your body has to respond to that heat stress in increasing its own metabolism. So doing different, we'll say stressors on the body, providing the body with different adaptive stressors like cold thermogenesis, in addition to everything else that you're doing will stack upon itself for results. So if you really want to progress these are things that you can start implementing into your overall health routine to take yourself to the next level to where you can be just a little bit better than everybody else because you are implementing all of these different strategies. And even if you're implementing them on a sporadic basis, such as what I do, I'm by no means, you know, the ultimate biohacker. No, I don't get up and walk outside and look at the sun, stand in the grass for 10 minutes with my bare feet and then go into a cold plunge and then go into a sauna. I don't have time for that. Good for Ben Greenfield for being able to do that. Some of my patients can do that. Good for you guys. If you got that kind of time, I don't. I'm just going to implement it every so often and reap the benefits of it over time. And I think that that's a little bit more realistic. Okay, so... Let's look at the short-term and long-term benefits. Now, I don't want you to think of cold thermogenesis as the cryotherapy, like the, the cryotherapy machines that you can go into. I will say there's a huge difference in all the studies that I've seen between cryotherapy and actually like a cold plunge, a cold shower, an ice bath, that kind of thing. Cryotherapy is an extremely low temperature for an extremely short period of time. And one of the issues with it is that your head is out. So you really don't get the the neurological and brain benefits of it. Like you do when you do a cold plunge, an ice bath, a cold shower, you don't get that neurological stimulation. And also I really did give it a shot. I gave it a good go. I would say I did about four to five sessions per week for a month, just as an experiment a few years ago. And I can honestly say, I noticed no difference. There was no difference in my back pain. There was no difference in fat burning. There was no change in my body composition whatsoever. I didn't necessarily feel better. I can't necessarily say that my immune system was better or worse. Cryotherapy is completely different. Now, if you happen to have a place near you where it's a walk-in, kind of like a meat locker, I've heard of these places. I have not been but basically, you're walking into a meat locker and you're getting the benefits of the cryotherapy, that that cold exposure all over your body, including your head, then that might take it up to a new level. But I would say, don't waste your money. Save your money. Don't do multiple cryotherapy sessions. Just do it the old school way, like how we're going to talk about today. So what we're seeing immediately, in addition to the improved metabolism, in addition to stimulating thermogenesis and stimulating caloric burn and producing that heat in your body that's going to burn stored body fat. We also get the the brain health. Like I said earlier, you will notice a difference even if you want to compare to do a cryotherapy session and then do something like a very, very cold shower. So since I keep talking about these, let's go over them, right? So you have number one, the, the good old fashioned ice bath and many companies are coming out with these tubs that you keep You keep cold, you plug it in, you can go in it daily. I think it's awesome, but they're a couple thousand dollars. I have heard of people just going to Lowe's and buying an ice freezer, right? And keeping it, you've got to keep it at a certain temperature so it doesn't completely freeze over, maybe turn it to like 34, 35, 40, something like that. So it's super, super cold, but it doesn't freeze. And then people will just open it up and dive in and change the water out every so often. And I think that's a very effective and non-expensive way to do that. Cause those are only a couple hundred dollars, the really, really cheap way. And unfortunately my main shower, in my master bedroom has some kind of snafu with it that it's going to take. I had a plumber come look at it. It's going to take like a bajillion dollars to change out this one little part. We're not going to do it. I can't get my shower cold. And many of you would be like, that's awesome. No, it's not. I want the heat and I want the cold. I want to be able to turn it to cold to do that cold shower. So if I really want to do it, I got to walk all the way downstairs and go to the the spare bathroom. And that shower allows me to get it cold. And I have done that. So the way that you actually do this type of work with your shower, and what's nice about it is that you can go from hot to cold. I always say start off with 30 seconds. And 30 seconds is going to seem like a really long time when you first start get your phone out, set it next to you, do the timer so that you know how long it is, set it for 30 seconds and turn that bad boy to cold and get your head under it. And you're going to go through that breath work naturally without even thinking about it. You're gonna be going through that deep breathing that you get when you jump into a cold pool because it's your body's response. But what you're gonna notice is that as you build up, so you do 30 seconds, you fight your way through that, you breathe your way through that and then you flip that to warm flip the shower to warm or hot, get warmed up again, go, okay, ready, boom, go again, another 30 seconds. Now, maybe the next day or a few days later, you'll be able to take that exposure to a minute. And now you go one minute and you do the same thing back and forth. Maybe you get two full minutes of cold exposure with breath work and then you move on with your day. And then the next day, maybe you go two minutes and 30 seconds. Maybe you're only adding on 20 seconds or 30 seconds each time. But what you're going to notice is that your body adapts. It starts to get easier and easier. And it starts to, your body starts to breathe into it. So your heart rate will eventually start to level out. Instead of being in that panic, high breath mode, you start to slow. And then your breathing slows. And your heart rate starts to slow. Not to a low point that you don't want it, but it just starts to come back to normal instead of overreacting. And that's your body allowing you, it's really adapting and it's allowing you to go longer and longer each time. And if you keep this up as a practice, you will find, I mean, amazingly enough, and it doesn't even seem possible when you do your first 30 seconds, but you will find that amazingly enough, you were able to go three to five minutes with this cold exposure, no problem at all. Now, if you're talking about an ice bath, that's a little bit different because what I found when I've done the cold plunges. An ice bath, and you can do. Listen, you can do this in a tub if you want to run yourself a, a bath of cold water and dump some ice in it. I mean, by all means. I mean, chances are it would keep for at least a couple of days, right? So you could get a couple of days out of it. When you first get in, though, it's the feet. It's the feet that prevents you. So when I did, I was at a mastermind event, and they had an ice bath in there for us. I have a video somewhere out there, and and I I got in, and I could have stayed in probably longer, but my feet froze. So I stuck my feet out at the end of the bath just to pop them out to try to get a little bit warmer. So it's a little bit different in that ice bath because it's, it's a shock. It's like jumping in a pool, right? And you really have to force yourself when you're in there to go under, to get your head under, to get that brain benefit. So it's a little bit different than a shower. It's a little bit more difficult than a shower, but that's kind of the next level. So what happens in the brain is you know with what we see as we age and of course I saw this firsthand with my mom with alzheimer's but we get that cognitive decline if we knew back then what we know now about alzheimer's i truly believe and i've said this in multiple podcasts i truly believe that we could have extended my mother's life or at least helped her in those last few years be a little bit better because now we know you know living on diet pop and ice cream and bread which she did increases insulin insulin increases your blood glucose, causes type 2 diabetes, and now we're seeing Alzheimer's as type 3 diabetes because of those high insulin levels. Now we also know that something like cold exposure. Exposure to cold stimulates cold shock proteins, which in turn decrease degeneration. Cold thermogenesis is the link between synapse regeneration. Synapses in your brain can actually regenerate with cold exposure. Cold exposure and cold shock proteins may pose as significant puzzle pieces into combating cellular degeneration and aging, especially with the brain. And you will notice this when you do these type of cold exposure, no matter what you do, whether it's, it's you know the shower, the ice bath, whatever. You will notice if you get your head in there that you are lit up. I mean, at least for a couple hours, if not for the whole day. It's like you are more refreshed than you've ever been your brain. It's like somebody peeled away the layers and the cobwebs and you can just think clearly. I mean, it is that quick. So for those of you that are still dealing with anxiety, depression, brain fog, memory issues, I know many of my patients have come to me saying that they think they have early Alzheimer's and it's not. As we're working at getting your thyroid back online and your hormones balanced, this is a great quick way to really light your brain up. And just kind of sidestepping on the brain component, you know, I talked a lot about kinetic. I interviewed the the owners of kinetic, the ketone drink. And if you pair up kinetic, like say you do that in the morning on an empty stomach, preferably. But say you do that in the morning, those ketones, those exogenous ketones. And you do some type of cold exposure with your face and head in the mix, you will absolutely have a better day. I mean, if there's a day where you need some brain power, you know, you're taking a test, you're doing something important, you just cannot afford, you're doing a job interview, whatever it is, and, and you want your brain lit up, do a, a kinetic drink and cold, like a cold shower or a cold plunge. And you will be on point that day. It is that quick in how it acts on your brain. And then of course, over time, you are rebuilding those synapses in the brain. So if anything, I'm doing it for the short-term, but also for the long-term benefits since I have Alzheimer's in my my genes and in my family. There's also immunity. Now you would think, you know, we've all been taught throughout the years by our parents, right? Don't go out in the cold. You're going to get a cold right? And that's simply not the case. You get a cold when you're exposed to viruses. You don't get a cold because it's cold out. In fact, exposing yourself to cold environments like ice baths on a regular basis may boost your immunity, boost it. So the cold increases your white blood cell count. You know, that WBC that we look at. And for many of you, when we've been going over your labs, if your WBC is above a seven, that indicates kind of this long-term infection going on, like something like Epstein-Barr virus, something's going on where your body's responding, or maybe you just had exposure to a virus. The low white blood cell counts can indicate lowered immunity. So we want to increase that WBC, of course, not overboard. We want it in that optimal range, but that in turn is going to Increase cytotoxic T lymphocytes. Those are the guys, your little soldiers that go out and they fight for you. They're not like thyroid antibodies, Hashimoto antibodies. These guys are fighting for you and fighting off anything that you're exposed to. T lymphocytes also help to combat cancer cells. So doing exposure to cold, doing cold thermogenesis reduces your risk of cancer. Not, I mean, not if you do it one time. Again, this has to be part of a lifestyle. This has to be a couple of times a week and you have to be consistent with it over the years. But that in turn is also going to help combat cancer cells. Cold thermogenesis boosts the immune function by decreasing inflammation. That's kind of a no-brainer and that is tied to what cryotherapy claims to do. But like I said, on an anecdotal level, I did not experience a decrease in inflammation. So cold thermogenesis will boost immune function by decreasing inflammation and allows the body to heal more quickly. The immunity boosting effects of cold thermogenesis can be tied to its ability to stimulate norepinephrine release. This causes an increase in natural killer cell count and activity and a rise in circulating levels of interleukin-6, all of which can massively improve your immune system integrity. Interleukin-6, IL-6, is not a common test that we do. In fact, I've really never pulled it on anyone just because I'm, I'm not really dealing with Immunity per se, autoimmunity, yes, but that's more in the cancer realm. But we want that, the natural killer cells, we want those increased as much as possible. Again, tying it back to peptides, that's what thymus and alpha does. There's a thymus and alpha R that specifically targets cancer cells. There are so many different things that we can do now to decrease our cancer risk in addition to something as cheap as cold exposure. So there's all these expensive peptides, there's all kinds of supplements. Of course, doing some intermittent fasting again, you know, keeping your insulin levels low, making sure that if you have to do low carb to bring down those insulin levels, do it. If you're if you have great insulin levels and you can get away with a paleo-style diet, go ahead and implement that. It all comes down to your insulin levels. But when we're doing all of the things together. we are naturally decreasing our cancer risk. Oh, and in addition to hormones, because remember hormones, real hormones, despite what your doctors have told you over the years, hormones do not cause cancer, they prevent cancer. So when you're doing hormones and you're optimizing your thyroid and you're doing your cold thermogenesis and you're keeping your insulin levels low and you're keeping your body fat in check, you're reducing your body fat overall, you are reducing all cause mortality, including cancer. Sleep. So how many of you are still dealing with bad sleep, right? We've talked about Delta-8 on here as an answer to sleep. Many of you will stack melatonin, progesterone, magnesium as a great sleep stack. Here is another way. So cold therapy has been shown to improve sleep, ability to fall asleep, depth and quality of sleep. So if any of you have an aura ring and you start experimenting with cold therapy, please let me know. If your aura ring tells you that you are getting more deep sleep, I don't trust the Apple watch or any other wearable device for sleep accuracy. I would only trust the aura ring. I do not have one myself because I've readily said that I don't want to get into some kind of mental lockdown with the aura ring and get into the kind of the nocebo effect of, Oh, well, I didn't have a good night's sleep last night. Therefore I feel like shit today. I I would get, I would absolutely get into that, that, that mental cycle. So I stay away from it. So if all y'all have an aura ring, do some cold therapy, and over time, let me know if you're getting deeper, deeper sleep. Per the aura ring, one study found that just three minutes of whole body cryotherapy—now again, whole body, including the head. So when when we say whole body cryotherapy, we're going to be talking about getting in an ice bath, getting under the shower, getting the whole body, whole body exposed improves objective and subjective sleep quality in healthy active people. This can be due to the fact that pain relief, another benefit, and parasympathetic nervous system activity increase during slow wave sleep. So again, sleep, 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 very important for weight loss. So you're kind of getting double those benefits. Resilience and recovery, another benefit. So we know that it decreases inflammation. So any kind of injury that you're dealing with, if you had surgery, of course, if you just had surgery, you have to check with your surgeon to make sure that you're able to do this, but it will promote recovery and reduce inflammation and stimulate recovery and repair. So whether it's it's just from a hard-ass workout and you're fatigued and sore, or whether you have an actual injury, you can implement cold therapy to as really a scientific way to address fatigue and delay muscle recovery and decrease your pain and decrease your inflammation. Many, many athletes. I mean, come on, this is old school, right? We can go back to 50, 60, 70s and, you know, go into mentally, because I know you've all seen these movies, right? Mentally go into, you know, when they show like the training facility or in the locker room, oh gosh, what's that movie? It's, uh, I want to say Bull Durham, but I might be off. It might be Major League or Bull Durham from back in the day where, you know, the guy gets into this big metal tub and it's just filled with ice. And they had that in the athletes workout rooms and the, and the training room in the, in the, in the locker room as just part of, that's part of what you do. Part of what you do as an athlete. And I guarantee you every single athlete, I remember hearing Ben Roethlisberger when I was down in Pittsburgh, especially had it like a cold plunge an infrared sauna and a hyperbaric chamber all in his house and that's just for recovery and repair because when your body is your money maker you better make sure that that's on point right well maybe our bodies aren't our money maker but we deserve to live our best life so if it takes something as cheap as you know you don't have to go out and buy the hyperbaric if you want to buy the infrared sauna good for you I still haven't done that but it's on my list but just do some cold thermogenesis, get in the freaking cold shower, you know, buy a fill your bathtub with cold water and some ice because you're going to get the benefits of it. There's also, you can pair this up with something called the Wim Hof method. And you can totally look this up. It's a style of breathing that you do when you are doing this, stepping up to, you know, 30 second minute, minute and 32 minutes. When you're building that up, you can do this deep breathing with it. And here's some different methods that they're suggesting to kind of go along with the Wim Hof method. Before starting, drink 16 to 32 ounces of water, eat a high fat or high protein meal. Next, get a bucket of water that's 50, to 55 degrees and dunk your face in it, holding it as long as you can. Continue that for a few weeks until you can hold for longer. So that's one way to start if you wanna start off really slow. Another method. Take an ice bath in cold water with 20 pounds of ice on your chest. Wear socks, gloves, and a t-shirt and hat to keep the body warm until it adjusts. So if if you don't want to go all in, you can ease your way in. Then you can take the outer protection off. Stay for 45 minutes. In both instances, it's important that you don't allow your skin temperature to fall below 50, 55 degrees. I personally don't have 45 minutes to do that. So I'm going all in and I'm going for like the two to three minutes. These methods follow the Wim Hof method. The Wim Hof method stimulates the vagus nerve, which is connected to the rest of the nervous system. And in turn, exposing even just your face to cold water can give you these benefits while increasing tolerance to cold environments. Wim Hof research has shown that this cold thermogenesis improves concentration. We said that willpower and sleep while reducing depression and autoimmune symptoms. These benefits can play a vital role in person's mental health. This method helps you increase mental resilience, and increases your focus, concentration, and willpower. The Wim Hof method of breathing is not your typical yoga breath of like the in through the nose, out through the nose. I haven't done it in a while. We just did a breathing technique at the mastermind event that was really, really powerful. And it was more in through the nose, filling up the belly, filling up the chest, exhaling through the mouth. So you do this and you're increasing the the rate at which you're breathing in and out as well. So you start off kind of slow and rhythmic like waves, and then you increase it. My advice would be to look up the Wim Hof method of breathing. If you want to incorporate that into your cold exposure, I will say that there might be some natural breathing that happens when you implement the cold exposure because your body is going to respond to the cold exposure and you're naturally going to breathe deeper. But when you can incorporate the Wim Hof method or any kind of deep breathing exercise with it, you kind of get that double bang for your buck. So you're getting that, you're getting a little bit of parasympathetic activation anyways with the cold exposure. But when you add in the breathing method with it, you are getting even more benefit from the parasympathetic. So it's just like meditation. You know, many of us will do like a five to 10 minute meditation in the morning to kind of just reset our body, lower our cortisol levels, but tap into the parasympathetic nervous system because we all tend to be in sympathetic. We're all like right here, bump, 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 bump. think, 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 do, do, do. And we don't sit back and really get into that parasympathetic where we're focused on the breath, thoughts are coming in and out and we're allowing our bodies to kind of calm down. Now, meditation does not have to be the boring and sitting here and relaxing and going down into a deeper state of low. It can be in this form of you're activating the parasympathetic nervous system and you're getting in the deep breathing and you're getting in the cold exposure and it's all working together. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast.